Man, I am so glad to have the friendship uh, with Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management, uh, not only because he's a dear brother and a uh, huge, huge help to the show. Uh, he is a good man. He also uh, will track down <laughs> internet rumors for me. Uh, people are sending me notes uh, from an article that contends that the Fed is already launching in, in March. Uh, launching a central bank digital currency in March called Fed Now. Now, I know that they intend to do this, that the, all, all the talk about, oh, we're, we're studying this. No, you're not. You're, you're going to do it. You're building the behavioral kill shoots now, and I'm constantly reminded to explain kill shoots. It's a way of fooling cattle uh, into a big, wide fence. It's a funnel till they, it's too late. They, there's only one place left to go. They did that with the COVID injections. They're doing it with the climate catastrophe. The only place to go is electricity. With the COVID, the only place to go is the mRNA. Nothing else will work with the gender madness. The only thing as talk therapy, that's conversion therapy. The only thing that works is to shoot the kids up and then chop them up. It's the only thing that works. So they're already headed that direction. So I asked Zach, um, is that, is, is this going to happen? I can't figure out why they wouldn't. Right. Right. Um, they have, the, they've got the cover for, for the more, uh, you know, easier to convince members out there that, well, we're doing this to stop drug dealers, right? We're doing this to stop, <laughs> you know, they're going to have their, you know, they're going to have their way to sell it. The bottom line is, is, if it gives them more, I mean, I, again, I just, like you and I have discussed before, I don't see why they, why would, why wouldn't they do it? But the question is, will they do it in March? And Zach answers that question. And man, I'm excited for this. Zach got me relaxed, got me having fun. We don't do that enough. And he got me to tell an old radio story that I, I'm really ashamed that I have not shared with the podcast audience. I can't figure out why they wouldn't. Uh, yeah. So I made up this race of people. And I was, you know, I was doing a monologue and look, I mean, and this is a little bit, and I'd said, by the way, in the previous hour, I said, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to make up a race of people. So people were prepared for this, but in radio, you know, people tune in every 15 minutes. And I said, look, one of my concerns, um, about the, uh, the, uh, Hue I can't remember the name I use. Huello people is, you know, they are just absolutely distempered. So I shared with Zach, uh, this full story and to this lady who called in, you will not believe the phone call we got on late that radio about this. And it was such fun to hear Zach's response to this. So you're going to hear, are they launching a digital currency in March? Then you're going to hear an enormously funny story about Seattle radio, but also instructive about West coast smuggles. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Fortunate to have our friend Zach Abraham from Bulwark Capital Management on. Also super fortunate to have found, well, not found. That's not fair. They came to us. Uh, Soda Weight Loss, sodaweightloss.com stands for state-of-the-art 
we've had such a good, fruitful relationship with them. And I'm so very thankful for that. There is a misbelief, by the way, about um, the holidays and weight loss, fat loss. There's a misbelief. There are people who will say, okay, I want to do soda weight loss. Herman's been talking about it. He's got loved ones on it. It's been effective for people. And a large number of people in the podcast family are losing a lot of unwanted fat with it. And you know about the convenience foods and the Christian meditation. And you never have to leave the house to do this. People will say not until after the holidays. Because it's eating season. Uh, Can I hip you to something? I started my thing with soda weight loss before the holidays. And it's working for me. Now, the reason I say this is it's the holidays where people will pack on another 20 pounds. (laughs) It's, It's funny because the human psyche works this way. I'm getting ready to start a fat loss program. So why don't I pack on another, you know, 10, 15, 20 pounds And in fact, they'll teach you some tricks. There's tricks of the trade of keeping fat off and eating during the holidays. I know these tricks because I myself uh, took off 150 pounds of unwanted fats. And I've been through since then, let's see, uh, how many holidays in eight, 10 years, bunch eating days. So they'll teach you that there is no time like the present to get started, go to sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. Stands for state-of-the-art because they are, because they put themselves out for a form of peer review. 7,000 and counting Google reviews, average 4.8 out of five stars. S-O-T-A stands for state-of-the-art, sodaweightloss.com. And Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer, Board Capital Management, joins me by brother. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me back, man. It's, it's always, always good to be back. But I got to be honest with you, I was sitting there watching returns last night and I thought, perfect timing. I got, I've, I've got my talk with Todd coming up. So we'll be able to <laughs> hash, you know, go through it, hash it over and, and uh, get your take on it. Well, let's get into some of that in a bit. I want to uh, start with a rumor email that's going around. And it indicates that the central bank digital currency is a launch uh, in March of 2023. And you know more about this than anybody I'm ever going to meet. So um, I sent you this note and you're saying this isn't something that you can verify. So, uh, but you haven't heard anything official about this, right? No. And I, you know, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know anything that none of us do. I I've grown skeptical of those kinds of emails uh, just because that's if that was happening, it's just not the way the Fed would communicate it. Now, the Fed has clearly said multiple times that they're looking into it. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had something to present at that point. Um, I What I will be shocked by is that if this is a something that they draw, they're going to be, especially considering the environment that we're in, they're going to be extraordinarily careful how they stage this out if, and when they actually drop it, like you and I have talked about it. I think it's an eventuality. Yeah. Um, I don't think the people that make these decisions have any interest in giving up any control to anybody. So I don't see why they wouldn't push that way. But um, I did a quick scan of all the different stuff that we keep an eye out for press releases on that kind of thing. And I haven't seen anything yet. If I do, I'll let you know, but I can't confirm or deny it. I I didn't see anything about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, that makes me feel better a little bit. I think when the government says we've looked into something, we're studying it, that means they're going to do it. 
I, 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 like we've said before, I can't figure out why they wouldn't. Right. Right. Um, they have the, they've got the cover for, for the more, uh, you know, easier to convince members out there that, well, we're doing this to stop drug dealers, right? We're doing this to stop, <laughs> you know, they're going to have their, you know, they're going to have their way to sell it. The bottom line is, is if it gives them more, I mean, I, again, I just, like you and I have discussed before, I don't see why they wouldn't, Yeah. you know? So, but here's the thing is that we, not, we have digital currency. Yeah. And this is what yeah. I'm trying to explain to people when I talk about this being a control mechanism. Venmo is digital currency. PayPal is digital currency. Amazon's digital currency. Credit cards, debit cards, that's digital currency. ACH transfers from your bank, wire transfers. We've had digital currency for, yeah. oh, I don't know, 50 years. So I yeah, get, I get blockchain, you know, and I understand that better now. And I can understand that that's even, that's even a radical tech improvement and it can be in a tracking improvement. And I mean, I, it could be a very potent anti-fraud device unless you're the people who own mm -hmm. the code or you're like one right. of the services that branches the chain, um, in which case then you now obviate the advantage of all that. So it's not really digital currency as much as they want. And that's what I was saying in the lead into the show. It's a control mechanism, but that leads into this you were telling me this week in cyber currency has been uh shall we say um what fun a train wreck okay <laughs> to put it lightly to put it lightly you, you know i i was i was explaining this to my wife last night and, and we tried to we tried to talk about this a lot on our show just to give people a heads up um what you're seeing happen in the cryptocurrency world is something that we've been watching for a while um and they were, I, I hate to use the word elaborate because I think it gives them too much credit, but the vast majority of these cryptocurrency companies that have been set up, these exchanges, they are pump and dump schemes. Okay, so, it, it, and I, I didn't laugh because I knew people were going to get hurt, but I chuckled to myself watching these things roll out over the last couple of years. Because everybody's like, oh, look at all this amazing technology. And you started looking at it. The first thing that got me to look into it, Todd, was they would offer these ridiculous rates of return. Yeah. On, on essentially the idea was if you put your, you, you go buy your coins, whatever coin it is, you put it on this currency and you allow them to lend out your currency to people or, or, you know, they had a bunch of different elaborate schemes, but basically you have these different currencies where people were generating between 20 to 30% a year return on their money. Okay. Well, when the Ooh. Fed funds rate is at zero or 1% or 2% or whatever it is, there is no way to generate that type of risk-free interest on your money. It just doesn't exist. And it's just a classic fraud and it's just a classic sign of fraud, right? A you know, it's how Ponzi schemes work, right? We're going to guarantee a 15% rate of return when U.S. government bonds are paying three. And the way that these guys go about doing this is exactly, it's, it's just, it reminds me of Proverbs, right? It, it, there's nothing new under the sun. And we watched as these guys did this where you'd sit there and you'd, you'd go, okay, they create a coin, right? They might sell 10% of that coin out to the public. They give 20% of that coin to their buddies and their insiders, and then they hold on to 70% of it. 
right? And so then only 10% of the real flow or the real supply of that coin is actually trading in circulation, which makes it ex extremely easy to manipulate the price. So they go in there, they pump it up, they get other people to come in there and, 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 and take it higher. Then they sell their coins into it. And then they can go to legitimate financing places and go, hey, look, look what's on our balance sheet. We have $800 million of assets. Well, they don't because they own 70% of the supply of the coin, meaning even if that means, even if 70% of any coin, let's say it adds up to six or $700 million, when you own 70% of the supply, you can't liquidate it because if you liquidated it, you'd crush the market, right? You, I mean, that would be increasing the supply of any good or asset by seven times, right? In a single day. So you just crush the, crush the market. And so what you were just waiting for were people to start to sell and pull their money out, right? And that's what's happened with cryptocurrencies crashing this year. And now you're seeing the exchanges one by one fold up. Most of these exchanges you're seeing fold up, you're going to see fraud suits come against them. Um, they, they're just, they're pump and dump schemes. And if you've seen it happen in stock markets, you know, which I've seen before, it, it, they have all these hallmarks, right? They have all these 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 identifiers, and the the whole industry was just rife with it. I mean, you could just see it, and it's a bummer because I think that there are some really unique and really helpful technologies that are going to come out of this. Um, but now, with all this fraud that's being uncovered and all of this disaster and destruction of capital and all this other kind of stuff. I, I think it's going to sully it and it's going to make the transition harder. So to get back to your question, um, it, I, I think the Fed might be a little late to the party because I don't think the pain is anywhere close uh, to, to max yet in the, in the crypto space. And if they're trying to roll something out in March or May, um, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of appetite for anything digital. So we'll see. But like you said, I, I do... I don't think anything is imminent. At least we don't know of it. And I can't find any proof that anything is is coming down the pipe um, imminently. But, you know, like we've talked about a hundred times, I, I don't see anything that would stop them, you know, give well, them more control. Yeah. And the Fed, I don't think the Fed needs to care about appetite. I mean, they're in that, hey, we'll just, we'll, we'll go ahead and have you do it. I mean, it's office yeah, space. That's yeah, I'm going to need you to go ahead and use federal, uh, federal digital currency. And we're just going to go ahead and, yeah. have, we'll go, go ahead and have you do that. So, I, I mean, on the appetite thing, I, I would put that aside, right? That, well, you know, I think that's a fair point. The other thing, while you were talking, I just sat there and I went, you know what? You, you bring up a really good point. The other thing is, is that there's there's so many cross-border transactions they do all the time. All they have to do is say, hey, we're doing it this in, in this form from now on. And, and you know, if, uh, if the Fed says that and you're another central bank somewhere, you're not going to argue with them. Well, no. And right? secondly, um, when you get your brand new credit card, your brand spanking new credit card, and Amex sends it to you. I remember when the chips came out, I didn't like the chips because I didn't know what they were doing, right? And then you have to sit there and wait for the chip to read. I'm like, oh, great. We've now, you know, we've increased the amount of time it uses. It takes to use the convenience of a credit card right. or a debit card. And then they can just roll it into the credit cards. And hey, guess what? You know, your credit card's now going to have this. And oh, but by the way, if you want that, there's going to have to be an app and, and they'll just begin to make it all little pieces. And then it's annoying. And people say, can't you just put this all in one place? Oh, congratulations. We have, right? Put it all in one place. Right. And there's yeah. a man, I, I didn't get it to play for you. I should have. I, I, it's one of the most astonishing clips. 
it's a guy with the World Health Organization. And he says that uh, I have, uh, you know, doctors and scientists tell me if you think COVID was bad, wait until you see climate change. It is uh, exacerbating uh, COVID. And they're telling me we need to have healthcare at the center of, of transportation and energy and finance because it is all, it is all being exasperated by, by climate change. So what he's saying is we need to have the World Health Organization be the government over all these things because of a flu and this stuff just, it, I'm sorry. It, it lines up, you know, it lines up too neatly. Um, shifting gears. It's, it's not really because I mean, it's starting in tech and I guess uh, Elon had a hand in PayPal. Did you see this thing? And I'll pull the audio uh, for later, but did you see this thing of, of Biden was asked, the figurehead was asked, is Elon Musk a national security risk? Or is, is Twitter a national security risk? Elon Musk. And uh, the figurehead said, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And then a reporter followed up and said, how is Elon Musk and Twitter a national security risk? He goes, oh, it's just uh, it's, uh, many ways. <laughs> yeah, he got cornered. I, I, and, no, I didn't. Yeah, he, no, true story. I'll put I it in the show links. Yeah, for real. I, I, I mean, to call this stuff unprecedented, to go right. to go after, you know, I, I, look, I, I think Elon Musk is a complicated individual. Um, for any people out there that are wanting to embrace him as a hero because of what he's doing, just be careful. Uh, e- Elon Musk, that guy does not go to the bathroom without a plan. And if I'm watching this pivot and this embracing of the right, and I hope it's altruistic, but I just wouldn't bet on it. Right. He is a brilliant guy. And I think he's the, I think he's the most brilliant at self-promotion. He's not the, he's not this mastermind genius that so many people point him out to be. I I think he's done some smart things. Um, Just, Say that he has handled Tesla. I, I just, I have a lot of reservations about Elon Musk. That being said, targeting a private citizen that has not been charged with doing anything wrong, has not had any allegations of breaking any laws, and a, and a private business that serves such a utility for the average man, it, it, is, it is unprecedented. And it go to me, it goes right alongside the weaponization of the DOJ. I, I just see these as natural, right? It, it, um, part of the same club, you know, and, and that's the stuff that I am shocked that I'm not shocked because this is what people do, but I'm just blown away that more people don't question it just because something lines up with their immediate political desires. It's like they throw everything else out the window. Oh yeah. Go after Musk and shut down Twitter. And you're like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Why? What are what? Because people are free to say things that you don't agree with. Oh, it's hate speech. Well, according to you, it's hate speech, right? I mean, we can go back and look at every revolutionary in the history of the world, right? Even the the British probably would have. I mean, if that was a thing back then, they would accuse the founding fathers of hate speech. Um, you know, I mean, it's just the whole thing is just preposterous, and it's. I, I just. I think it's scary. I just think yeah. it's scary how many people are 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 willing to cede liberty and trample the constitution for you know, short-term, short-lived political gain. Well, you know, I, I think, the way they see you know, people, I, I'm, I'm going to sound like a Madonna song here or 
some kind of terrible pop song, but people are hungry for a hero and they want to believe somebody, somebody's going to come and get this all worked out with us. Zach Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management's with us and uh, we'll continue to chat with Zach here. The, this is such a great note I got. I want to, um, I want to hip you to it. This came from David's email to the show. Hey, Todd, I have to tell you about the package I received in the mail today. I ordered two gift baskets from Allen's Soaps as Christmas presents for my mom and grandmother. When I made the order, I put in a note asking if I could get two pictures of Allen uh, with this order because I'd love to include a picture of Allen with each gift. The box arrived today with a note on the outside, look in the bag. There was a bag on top of the package, uh, a packing inside the box with a number of pins with Alan's logo, two of each, four pictures of Alan, and a note signed by Alan. The attitude that all life is a precious gift from God seems to be so rare today. It's wonderfully refreshing to see Alan's work celebrated. Go with God's good grace. Clearly a longtime listener to the show to recognize that phrase. That's David. David, thanks for that. And folks, this is really something that I think would be an extraordinary an extraordinary um, Christmas gift for folks. And, and it is the Allen Soaps. You know, go get the Herminator sub. If you have friends, family who are very pro-life, tell them the story. This is the story of Allen. Uh, when the doctors realized the structural health concerns he had and that was always going to have, they said abort him. End this pregnancy. And Allen's parents said, not a chance. Nope. And when Alan was born and it turned out he was very high up on the spectrum, they had people say, look, look, guys, live your lives. I mean, this guy can never, he can never be anything. Yes, you love him, but put him in an institution, you know, because John, you've got your boats and your businesses and just, just put him in an institution. They said, nope. Alan works every day on these soaps. And when they realized that they were going to make a good run at this, they recruited a family with three generations of experience in soap making. And it's all made in America. It's all small batch. It's all natural. And Alan works on every one of them. And the fragrances, so many of them come out of this young man's imagination and intelligence because it's there. This is a great gift to celebrate life and the birth of the Lord Jesus, who obviously loves Alan. God made him. And it's a great way also to get people hooked up with the product. So the Herminator sub, you get 10% off uh, lifetime. AlanSoaps.com slash Todd, A-L-A-N-S-Soaps.com slash Todd. And agitated Zach Abraham's with me watching the election results. I was thinking about you, man. I know that you're a chart guy and a data guy. And I was just picturing you sitting there watching the election returns from your separate country of Washington state. I, I was watching, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was noticing this, that some of the things in your state, there's ballots that aren't going to be counted until the 14th of April, not April, but the 14th of November. There's ballots. Yeah, well, yeah but, they're not going to count them until then. Well, that's a hallmark. That this is a hallmark of democracy, Todd. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, we t- we take our time to get it right here, and if that means that we find a box of ballots two months down the road where we cannot firm confirm chain of uh, what, is it, what is it, chain of possession or whatever it was called, yeah. chain of custody. Uh, but if we find 500 ballots in the backseat of a volunteer's car. They're good. Every vote must be counted, right? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, of course, referring to the Dino yeah. Rossi election. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep recounting until our person right. wins, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we do it by the book here, man. 
Oh, I know. I know. You can put yourself, you can, you, your address can be 11th and Pine. <laughs> True story. And, and it, it doesn't need to be that. It could be lots just south of 11th between Pine and Pike. Yeah. And, or, or red tent. Third, third tent on the left. It, true yeah, story. Third tent on the left. In Seattle, this is a true story. A yeah, lady who yeah. runs the elections in Seattle said, she was asked, if someone can't find the ballot, can they vote on a napkin? Yes, we'd count that. You have, you have candidates <laughs> that can print their own ballots. <laughs> they, can, they can print their own ballots. You can change yeah. your address. No, you can change where your vote is counted and not leave. You can say, you know, you can look around the area and say, okay, the, the left owns Seattle. So I'm going to go ahead and register my vote in um, an outlying area like Redmond, but I don't have to move there. And this is where I'm at. And I don't have any proof at all, not, not even a scintilla of proof that there was fraud in this election. Um, if I get that, I'll say it. But I do notice this. After mail-in voting came along, there has never been another Republican governor in the separate country of Washington. And look what Ron DeSantis did with election security. No Zuckbox, no drop boxes. We're going to check your ID if you want an absentee ballot. We're going to check your signatures. There's going to be voter ID. We're going to put people in jail for vote fraud. We're going to make an example of this before the election. We're going to tell the DOJ the night before the election, no, you do not get to bring election observers. Nope, that is against Florida law. You're not coming in. And interestingly, Ron DeSantis won with a 20% margin against Chuck Crist. And I'm not saying yeah. it's because of that, but uh, there's a lot to it. But you're, look, you're a marketer in addition to being an educator and a finance dude. Um, who wins when all you have to do to vote is um, is get your mom to go to the ballot box or go to the mailbox or you walk out to the mailbox or, you know, sitting on the kitchen table and you open it up and you color in some dots? Who, 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 give me a psychographic profile of the people that that gets them to vote. Yeah. I, it, I mean, it's, let's put it this way. It's, it's not exactly the most, uh, honorable or, uh, <clears throat> or the cream of the crop, I yeah. guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing that, the thing that blows me away about this, well, there's so many things that blow me away about it. And I guess blow me away is probably not the right word to use because it doesn't surprise me. But it, it was like the Hillary Clinton video that came out where she was talking about all the election fraud that was going to happen. Right. How Republicans were trying to steal the democracy. And, you know, we've got to get out there and we've got to. And, and I and I and, and it was all about the election deniers. We've got to beat the election deniers because the Republicans. Are, and basically, if you listen to what she said, her argument was. You need to vote for the preemptive election deniers to stop the current election deniers, right? Like she was saying, like, they're going to steal the election, so we have to stop them. And and I, I like I'm just sitting there going, do you hear the words coming out of your mouth? And 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 anybody that can be against the types of reforms that they've made in Florida, that 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 in and of itself should be suspicious, Right. What what why, for instance, would you require a ID card to buy cigarettes, to get a car, to get insurance? I mean, to do anything. I mean, you should see what we have to go through. It is harder for me to get registered as an investment advisor or even get an insurance license in a different state. It's harder for me to do that than to register to vote. Why? 
Why, why, right? It's the most sacred right of our Republic. And you never, because you're going to, you're going to eliminate, you're going to disenfranchise these people. And I go, Hey guys, if we have rigorous election security, right? If we have rigorous vote security, there are going to be some people that are disenfranchised. Hello, right? If you have nobody well, no, that's no, no, disenfranchised, no, no, no. Not, not, you've got a no, massively no. fraudulent election. You, you would hope that they don't get disenfranchised, but there are going to be people who are turned away. They didn't lose right, their franchise. Right. They didn't have their franchise taken from them. They were right. turned that's away. That's the better and way look, to put it. Uh, we yeah. could all fall victim to this. And I'll, yeah. I'll give you an example. Like, um, you know, you could lose your birth certificate. And I mean, in, in many states, like in your separate country, you just walk in and say, hey, my name's Bill. I live in the third tent from the left and, uh, and give me a birth certificate plus I'm a woman. And oh, cool. Okay, good. Just say, congratulations. You're a new woman. And, but a lot of states, you actually have to prove something. So I get it. Shocker. Right. You could go in and turn out that you, you your wallet was stolen or the day the election happened, you know, your car got broken into and you were stupid and and the absent-minded, you left your wallet in there. Your wallet's gone. You can't prove who you are. Okay. Guess what? There's a provisional ballot. Fill that out. We'll do a signature match. Now, in the adjudication process, some states like Nevada, you can bring your ID and go, okay, this is me. But here's the thing that cannot, cannot be explained as do-goodery. In Pennsylvania, the people who run John Fetterman sued to count ballots that arrived with no postmark, no proof that they were filled out prior to the election, 14 days after the election meaning that they can continue to stuff ballots until they get the result they want. And I have And if they weren't po- if they weren't postmarked, how in the world did they even get there? Oh no, you get to bring them in. Well, get, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, no, get to just they, bring it up. Oh, we forgot these. It's the trunk yeah, of the just car a thing. basket of them, right? We just yeah, we, just we, ba- we forgot these. And uh, okay, but this is where, and I, this is not my thought. This is Chris Bray's thought and thought, uh, thought Chris is, gosh, he's a brilliant guy. I wish I could write like this guy. He has a substack called tell me how it ends. He points out that California and Oregon, um, and your separate country, Washington are post political. That they are, they're emotional places. There mm-hmm. are people who vote mm-hmm. for stuff and there's people mm-hmm. who vote as an act of artistic self-expression and mm-hmm. who vote as tribalism. But in mm-hmm. terms of any connection to this, like the day of the election, you guys had a school shooting and the young person is dead and God helped the family. And I hope that kid knew the Lord and Lord God, I can't imagine the pain and the cops that had to respond to this. And um, honest to goodness, just the absolute pain you had uh, four teens, three were let go by a judge. They're involved in violent acts and, and smash and grab and then home invasion type stuff and gang activity and guns and shootings. And judge says, Oh, you're young. I'll let you go. The fourth one is, is he escapes. This happened down in Des Moines, Washington, down by where I used to live. And you have people who drive by this stuff every week. You have people whose houses are broken into. You have people who walk down the street with burning cars. I had someone who, who went to visit Seattle and said, I am in a neighborhood and I am looking at five in Tacoma. I'm in Tacoma and I am on a block and there are five, five cars, four of which have been burned. One is still smoldering. Is this normal? I go, oh yeah, yeah. 
You must be in a hilltop. You good? And post-political, people go in and say, oh, but, but, but these people love us and they give us, they, 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 they understand us. Plus, they're not, they're not Trump racists. Does that seem like a decent formula for you? I mean, does that, does that explain things post-political? Yeah, I think it does. And, and I, I will even extrapolate that out into relationships that I have uh, okay. with family members who, if you sit down and you talk to them, um, I mean, policy-wise, they're probably to the right of Trump. And yet they vote blue up and down the ticker because for one reason or another, this person sounds mean. And basically they've just been conditioned by the media and the environment. But you can also see it in the in the results of the election themselves. It, and it's hilarious to me because I've seen it happen multiple times. And I know you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But you get blue, hardcore left blue all the way down the ballot. And then a rejection of every single proposed taxation increase. And you just sit there and you go, this is odd. And, 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 and the amazing thing is the politicians that they elect continue to override and just completely disavow the will of the people and continue to backdoor these tax increases and try to backdoor them and strike down other things that we agree as an electorate, you know, like the car tab thing and all that kind of stuff. And they keep voting these people in that keep usurping the will of the people. It, it's one of the most... It's one of the best jobs in America to have. If you can land a political gig in the state of Washington, you have absolutely you have no accountability to the voters. You can do a horrific job. You can actually completely disavow every single campaign promise you made and trample over the right of your constituency. And it basically guarantees you a reelection. And it's funny to hear it described as post-political because I was thinking about this last night. I've just gone. How many times do you see these people reject tax increases writ large and then continue to vote in the same people that are continuing to try to shove it down their throats? It's it's just amazing to me. I I want to typify it this way or explain it this way. Um, And and this holds true across the coasts. I once, there was a lady who wrote for um, a porn mag called The Stranger. Um, and their business model yeah. is they sell sex trafficking. So they're right. uh, an election. They're they're a leftist rag, um, and they sell sex trafficking ads. Is the way I describe mm-hmm. them, right? And um, and, and you know they've. The, the, they put out this a woman contacted me. She said I was listening to you in the radio, and you said that you drove in the HOV lanes, and that you did that. Um, and that you can beat this in court. I, and I looked up your record and actually you're right. You do beat this in court. Can we talk about this? I think it's, she said, I actually think it's funny. And I wrote back to her and said, Hey, thanks for reaching out. Um, I will have a conversation with you via email QA. The agreement is it is um, you print exactly our exchange. That's the article, but no, I will not call you. No, I will not get on the phone with you. No, I will not let you construct a story around me. Oh, I can't really do that. We're not allowed to do that. That's not really writing. That's just, you know, copying an email. And I said, no, I don't trust you. Okay, now this is this, and, and she was cool about it. She was cool about it, and I mentioned it on the air. Now, this is the, this is the scenario I'm talking about here, Zach. You have, um, in, in folks outside the Seattle area won't know this, but you have the same thing in your town. There is a back way into Seattle that comes to the South End um, Alaska Viaduct, and there are two lanes and an HOV lane. 
and mm-hmm. or no, probably a bus lane, two lanes and a bus lane. And you are, sometimes it's 15 minutes into Seattle from the South end. Sometimes it's an hour and 15 minutes, depending on Rex. Here's the right. expectation. I am the rebel, the dangerous democracy hating loon, because I look at the bus lane. I go, wow, there hasn't been a bus in 37 minutes. I pull open the bus schedule because the car's not moving. I, I get on an app. Look, look at this. There's not another bus for 20 minutes. I am going to drive in the bus lane because I'm going to relieve a little bit of congestion. And I do this and you have, I got death threats. Now I've had death threats my whole career, but I got like 15 death threats that day. There were people waiting outside the radio station. When no I got way. there, I tweeted that I'm about to get into the bus lane. There were people outside the radio station honking their horns and flipping me off. Because, they, no, but they took their time to do this. That, I, that's but, the amazing but, part. But, but what was it? What did I do? Did I, and I said, if there's a bus is coming behind me, I'm getting out of the way. I disrupted nobody's life. In fact, I reduced congestion that day by getting my car out of there. And the same people who say, my body, my choice. The same people who say, fascism. They made time I, to drive to Eastlake to honk horns at me and flip me I, off. They, they, my, I, these people, they, I, I'm not sure whether to pity them or envy them. Like I sit there and I go, hey, who on God's green earth has that much time? Second of all, um, they must have some financial independence, right? I mean, if they're just taking off in the middle of the day to come rip you about it. I, I had a similar, it wasn't that bad, but I actually dropped this on purpose because I like to kick up a little dust every once in a while. Yeah. But I, refu- I referred to uh, COVID as the Kung Fu flu. You, now, this is on a Saturday radio show, right? A Saturday yeah. finance radio yeah, show. Yeah, but it's in multiple markets. I got calls in calling point. me a bigot. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But but I, I got I got and none of it was from other markets. Uh, it wasn't from Phoenix. It wasn't from Portland. All out of the Seattle market. People calling me and saying I'm a bigot. That it's racist. The Kung and you're and I I later went out and I said guys if you're expecting me to apologize for it I will not and I will not apologize for it because I said it intentionally, and I said it intentionally because it is ridiculous. This is not racist. Yeah. <laughs> this is you know. It's, it's, it's whatever. I and, and these, these, these justice warriors, man, I, yeah. they just, they just come after you. I think it's hilarious. I, I, I got to tell you about experiments since we're getting off on a tangent that I did once on late night radio, um, just for fun, not late night, seven to 10 PM, uh, back when I had fun on that show because no one was listening and he could kind of cut loose and <laughs> no. And it was, it was, yeah. it was cow radio. And so they had a whole bunch of, uh, you know, where the, there were leftists and, and um, conservatives listening and probably cause I was there more conservatives, uh, but I made up a race of people. Uh, and, and I started, I started talking about this race of people in derogatory terms. Wait, you, you got to hear this. This is so Seattle. So West oh, coast. Hey, this, wait. this was really cool. I was interviewing um, one of the authors of a great series of books uh, called the shepherd series. You should read these act. Um, uh, the last book is called dark fall. It just came out and I was interviewing Jeff, um, Jeff Wilson. 
and Jeff. Uh, did I tell you about this guy's? Listen to this guy's. Um, this guy's CV, Zach. Um, let's see. He was. He's a a, a Navy combat vet. Uh, he was a trauma surgeon uh, for a Navy SEAL outfit for seven years. Uh, he's an actor. He's a screenwriter. He's a stuntman. He's a race car driver. Um, and oh, by the way, he's a jet pilot. Oh, this is the guy you were telling me about where I was like, right. Where I was saying that I thought he was like the member of that race that lives for 200 years yes, from Lord right. of the Rings, you know? Oh, that's right. I, I yeah. told you about this guy. So anyway, yeah. I was just telling him, I was thanking him at the beginning of the interview. I said, Hey, you know, my, my brother, Tim Cruikshank at Bonefrog Coffee, who himself is a Navy veteran and a Navy SEAL. Um, he introduced us. He said, yeah, Tim's good people and all that. And then Jeff said this, he goes, and you know, what's crazy is the coffee's good because it's not just good. It's great. And he said, because I was thinking about this, Todd, when Tim came to us, you know, he's a brother, he's a fellow SEAL. He comes and says, hey, I'm starting a coffee company. And, and I was just thinking to myself, you know what I think about the next step of a SEAL is coffee and having a winery, having a, having a you know, and, and making wine. That's the next step, natural right. next step. And he goes, but yeah. I actually tried the coffee and it was fantastic. And I was really relieved because then I didn't have to lie to my friend. That, oh, yeah, we're buying your coffee. So it does, it does come down to the coffee. It's bonefrog.us. And here's my challenge. It's pretty simple. If you have subscribed, check out the merch, right? If you're already getting the bonefrog, check out the merch, get some merch for friends. If you have tried the coffee and you love it, this is the time to subscribe at bonefrog.us. And then if you haven't yet subscribed, it's just one challenge. Just try the coffee. Just decide based upon the coffee, the brand is great, all that. But I ask you to decide based upon the, um, the taste of the coffee. But then know this, if you are not a Navy combat vet and trauma surgeon and race car driver and screenwriter and what did I miss? Uh, actor and uh, oh, jet, pilot. jet pilot. Well, you can drink the same coffee as a dude who is. So then basically <laughs> you are. So I, that's how I'm selling him. Is that that's it? That's good. Uh, yeah. So I made up this race of people, and I was you know I was doing a monologue and look I mean and this is a little bit and I'd said by the way in the previous hour I said I'm going to do an experiment I'm going to make up a race of people. So people were prepared for this, but in radio, you know, people tune in every 15 minutes. And I said, look, one of my concerns um, about the, uh, the uh, Huel- I can't remember the name I use, Huello people is, you know, they are just absolutely distempered, ill-tempered people. And I think it's because the Huello, you know, they view taller people as just beneath them. And it goes to this fact that they have no learning in their society. And they don't value learning. They don't value books. And the Huello, I mean, they're tribal. So they don't, they, they don't even bother, you know, they, they don't even value modern tech or, or niceties. And look, I mean, I hate to talk down an entire race of people, but if you've met a Huello, you, you know what I'm talking about. And I want to open the font. I got to find the tape of this. And look, am I getting this wrong? If you are Huello, will you call me? And what am I missing? Like, do I need to like, you know, scrunch down when I'm around you people? Cause you're all short. What am I missing? And I get this, um, this is Debbie from Kirkland. You have no understanding of the Huello people. No. Uh, I want you to know that I work with Huello people. They're some of the kindest, most gracious people. And this is why I hate conservatives. <laughs> Because of this bigotry. 
It's utter, and oh. and the, the board op is sitting in the uh, in in the studio, and his his mouth is wide open, like. <laughs> I said, "Well, okay. The, I look. I feel awful, but let me ask you a question. Why are they this way? That, that's just it. They're not. You're probably you're very, just a bigot. You're very aggressive, and you're mm-hmm. and I would be afraid of you. You're large and aggressive." And the ULL, they're, they value quiet. I go, no, why is that? She did it, not it, say She this. did. Where are they from? Because what is, it's a small island, right? But, uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, you're like the guy with a fish on the hook. You're not letting go, yeah, right? You're no, keeping that line do tight. Do you think this came out uh, prior to being colonized by the Brits? She keeps trying to get back on the talking point of me being a bigot. And finally, at the end of this, I said, now, you know, I, I made this race of people up, right? Well, that's just sick. They don't really exist. <laughs> but she was. How long did this like, go on? Oh, it went on for like uh, 11 minutes. It went, and, and she kept just oh digging. Oh, my god! No, but, but people, when they, when people don't know they're caught. Like, oh man, I could do some radio things where people don't know they're caught. My very favorite one in the whole world, the entire world, um, was being on Rush's show, God Rest Him. And I had, oh boy, what was the bill? It was some big monstrosity that had just come out. And I had spent like the past four days reading it. Yeah, because I knew we were going to talk about it, marking it up, and okay, and and this is going to be big. We need to talk about this. You need to be really educated with this. And this guy called me up and he said, "Hey, you know, Mister Right Winger. Hey, do you do any research? Because I and I'm for this. I go. What do you think this is going to do? And he tells me. I said, "So you've read this thing? I mean, you went through the pain of reading this." And he goes, "Absolutely." I go, "So what? You like printed oh, it yeah. out and read it?" And he goes, "Yeah." I go, "How many pages was it?" What? So when you printed it out to read it, how many pages was it? Ta! And you think that proves anything? He would not come off that he had read the thing, even though he couldn't even get within like 20 pages. It was like a 440-page bill, and the guy wouldn't come off of that. So yeah. I don't know how I got so distracted on this. Um, let me get back to politics. Uh, can the nation... Yeah, we got to talk about the election. All right, so the election. Can the nation... Well, let me ask you this question. Let me ask this question. Um, Can the nation economically survive a stalemate in the Senate, uh, courtesy of Mitch McConnell not campaigning? He's so happy with the results. I guarantee Mitch loves this. McCarthy in the House and the figurehead. Um, How bad is the economy going to get? I... It's, uh, you know, anytime you're making economic prognostications, it's tough. I, I'll continue to say this, though. Mm-hmm. I I don't recall a time, uh, certainly not in my career, and I don't recall a time where you could look out and the forecast was so bad. So I, there's always usually something good going on somewhere, right? Um, I it's I don't think that we're on the verge of some <clears throat> depressionary style collapse, but, um, but I, I think it's going to get ugly in the next two years. But and, and this is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, because 
after sitting there and absorbing the election results last night, I found myself kind of sitting there thinking, you know, it's highly possible we may look back two years from now and think that the result that we got last night was the best thing that could have happened. Now, that's that's me putting my rose-colored glasses on. But the reason why, Todd, is that the next two years are going to be brutal economically. And it's like it's like bonds and interest rates. It's like so many things that blow me away. But people can see a train coming right at them and they can see it coming for 300 yards and they try to dive out of the out of the way at the last second. Right. It's like it's not till it's on them and smacking them in the face. Do they notice this? But it's going to be ugly. And as far as the mass media is concerned, and I think the public perception is concerned, um, I think we further boxed Biden in last night. Like you said that, you know, there's gridlock. I don't think there's anything of meaning that he's going to be able to get through, but they're going to have to own the next two years. And then they're going to have to own all four of them. And the other thing is, is I think the results in Florida with DeSantis and Rubio, specifically DeSantis, I think that that is a shining bright light. Um, the results in Wisconsin, the, the governor in Wisconsin as well. I just think that there were several signs. Wait, no, no, Evers won. Uh, Evers won, didn't he? Oh, well, well, oh so I'm sorry. Did well, I misspeak? Yeah, Ron was, Johnson. I thought it was Ron the jo- Johnson. Ron Johnson. Senator Johnson won. Uh, Senator, and, and sorry. And it was really yeah, close. And the guy who was running yeah. against him's whole pitch was Ron Johnson married a white lady, or a rich lady. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that ex- that should exclude you. Johnny Kerry. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. Jo- no kidding. Billionaire. That talk about money. Um, but but I'm just sitting there going, again, it's easy. And if you look back, again, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but um, it is really easy for everybody to be woke and buy into all these this nonsense when they have a job. Yeah. Right. When they're well, my four one K is down a little bit. Yeah. Give it two years. Let's so, see where it's at in two years. I, I brother, I I feel you. And let me be, let me be Socratic. Okay. Um, There was just a poll that came out that people who got the so-called college age or college aid, college student loan aid, um, where you don't have to prove you ever took out a loan. You don't even have to prove you're you. You don't have to prove you ever went to college. You just, here's your 20 grand. What do you think their, their financial intent was with that? Their plans, immediate travel. Got it. Travel and more entertainment, right? So no, not paying down the loans. I'm going to go travel. No. Okay. Um, When that came out, the figure had said it would address inflation, right? (laughs) Isn't that correct? <laughs> I I mean he says a lot of really right. stupid but stuff. He said that, right? Did he really say that? Oh, yeah. I I I it, yeah. Okay. In the closing weeks of the campaign, uh the figurehead also explained that inflation would be going down once people got their uh rebates um to be able to get solar panels. Yeah. All right. He said that. Then the election came. And he came out and said, oh, we can't really do anything about inflation. So here's my Socratic inquiry of you. 
the people who went to the polls or went to the kitchen table and colored in some circles, they know what about inflation? Nothing. Okay. So when the figurehead, who's probably may not be the nominee because the New York Times has thrown him under the bus, the Washington Post, when they come along and say that the reason you don't have a job is because Republicans gave money to big oil and big banks and pharma. That's why you don't have a job. How likely are they to go, dang it, I hate those racists? Less likely. I, I think less likely because I just, uh-huh. I think all you got to do, I, I, look, are there some people? Yes. I mean, you're right. The old adage, you can't fix stupid. But it kind of reminds me of the old definition. You know, what? what is the definition of a recession? It's when your neighbor loses his job. What's the definition of a depression? It's when you lose your job. Um, unemployment rates are going to go up. Okay. When, when unemployment rates start to go up and people start feeling the pain of all of this just economic idiocy, um, I think they're going to want, they're going to want to, they're going to want to, they're going to want some heads. Okay. But two years, and, um, two years from now, the figurehead signs another executive order. Yeah. But see, I don't think it's going to work that way. I mean, again, two years from now, you're not going to have 3.2% unemployment rate. Okay. But, right? but, 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 but two years from now, maybe it's not a student loan bailout. Maybe it's a climate change bailout. See, we're entering a world where we make stuff up. Here's my concern. And then I want to, then I really have a killer spiritual question for you because this really okay. occurred to me, man. I used to play a game with my little girl, uh, back when, um, when I was a popular dad and I was a little kid and, you know, we would play a game at bedtime and I would do this. I would, I would have a, like my fingers, you know, two fingers on each hand. And do you want a Huth Schwoogler or a Smith Weedler? And she'd say, I don't know what they are. I mean, I mean, what would you go with? I mean, the Smith Weedler. <laughs> I'm a huge yeah, fan. Yeah, right. And so one was like- Can't a, get enough. <laughs> one was like a loving caress. One was a tickle, right? And yeah. so she would have to decide. And then over time, she would start to, no, you said last time a Huth Swoogler was this. Oh, but wait, I get to make up what it is because I'm inventing it. We live in right. this society now. That, that you have yeah. this guy from the World Health Organization saying that uh, we need the, we need doctors and scientists to run transportation because of a flu. What is to stop the figurehead from coming along and saying, uh, climate change is taking jobs, uh, particularly from, uh, from trans black women uh, who are left-handed. And uh, that's why I've launched the uh, giving back uh, the weather job uh, at dot com thing. And uh, everybody can get 20 grand. I'm, uh, well, I think you bring up a great point. I mean, I, the, yeah. the event horizon of that situation has been, you know, for instance, watching him roll out that ridiculous loan forgiveness program that close to an election. Yeah. And then listening to the lack of people respond. It, it wasn't that long ago in American history where he'd have been called out by journalists on both sides and just said, look, this is this is pandering. This is naked pandering for votes. You're trying to buy votes. You didn't hear a whisper of that. So I don't completely, I don't completely dismiss the possibility that you're correct, but I also, I don't, 
the the I think that what we are walking into the next two years is going to be somewhat like a grenade going off. And I don't think there's going to be any amount of cologne or soap that's going to wash that smell off of them. And, and they're going to try to spin it to conservatives. And all they're, uh, if, yeah. they're, if they're not idiots, all they have to do is sit there and go, hey, we haven't been in charge, man. We tried to tell you for the last four years, don't vote these guys into office because this is what's going to happen. So, you want to know why you're paying $10, $12 at yeah. the gas pump? I don't mean to, I don't mean to, um, I, I, this could sound an insult and I, I'm not insulting you. I don't intend to. You just described Mitch McConnell's calculus. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> well, I'm telling I, you there, no, that, this goes, this is a DC thing. We do not want to win. But for different reasons, for different reasons. Um, no, you you wanted to I, win. You wanted to win. You wanted to take the House and the Senate, right? You wanted good candidates, yes. godly candidates. You're looking at this as a, okay, we have lemons, let's make lemonade. I'm telling you that the calculus amongst the big donor class and people like McConnell, who earns his money, gets his money from dealing with the Chinese Communist Party and the shipping um, and the pharma he doesn't personally care. Mitch isn't touched by any of this. He did, why would he care? His, you've never seen crisper shirts on a human being. Yeah. You, no, I'm telling you, we used to work for McConnell. We did a campaign for him, I'm embarrassed to say, when I had Crowdverb. And I, when I shook his hand, I actually said, well, you know, uh, uh, pleasure to meet you, Senator. My goodness, what crisp shirts you have. Oh, <laughs> And someone says to me, I can't believe you did that. I go, it was on my mind. I was looking at these shirts going, that is the crispest shirt I've ever seen. I wanted to ask about star shirts that like, did you have it? Is it, is it not really fabric? Is it? So that's a calculus that goes around back there. It, it, it truly does. Let me offer you this. Cause I've taken you a long time and I'm always sensitive of your time. Cause you steward people's money. All right. Shifting gears. You woke up. Did you refresh real clear politics or whatever you use? Were you looking at this that way? Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. um, how often do we as a society uh, open the book of life? I mean, we don't get to do that because it's God's book. But how much time do we spend mentally refreshing the book of life in the greatest election that will ever happen? It happens once for all of us and everybody will run. Everybody is running. Every word we breathe is a vote to be in abidance with the Lord Jesus or not. And God has right. this book of life right. and it's the ultimate real clear politics and we can be in it or not. And we can help mm -hmm. our friends be in it or not. This just occurred to me because I did a cast this week saying we vote every day. And I just had this, this image of the Lord going, Hey, uh, pretty big election coming up for all of you, right? Anybody interested in hitting refresh? Right. And my question is this, what would be better for the country if we sat and thought all day long about the missteps and the mistakes in this election, or if we said, you know what, that's it. I'm going to dedicate four hours of my day to community building, strengthening my local church, strengthening the understanding of what it is to be discipled, to abide 
and to go out every single day and have people go, man, there's something different about those Christians. What do you think would get us both the political result we want and the result that we all want to have in the ultimate election? The other thing is that it delivers a phenomenal personal result as right. well. And, and that's, I think, that one of the things that I don't think people understand enough, that when you dedicate your life to service and I don't get to do as much of it as I'd like to or that I that I did prior, you know, obviously job and responsibilities and fatherhood get in right. the way of doing it as much as I wanted to. But I, <clears throat> I don't know if I told you this story, but there, there was a fallout on my little boy's uh, football team. Yeah. You started and coaching right? and become a coach halfway yeah. through the year. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, that first night I came home and looked at my wife and I go, this is what I've been missing. And she goes, what? And I go serving, you know, cause it used to be, I, I would always have some kind of project going on, yeah. helping a homeless guy get back on his feet, helping a guy yeah. through recovery, yeah. you know, just things like that. And I found that that was an intimate part of my walk, that that was part of, that was part of my Christianity that I had to put it to work. Yeah. And, um, and it, and it goes back to so many things that our co my coach in college taught was do not be those people that sit around getting ticked about watching things that are completely outside of your control. Um, get busy doing the things that you can control. Be conscious of it, right? Don't turn off the outside world, but stay focused and stay focused on giving and working towards, because here's the thing. If we just focus on all this stuff, I don't think that you and I in our discussions when we're going over the election or we're going over the state of affairs in the in society or the community, whatever, I don't think we're being hyperbolic. I actually think we're being very unhyperbolic. I, I feel like we're talking about things in the way that they are. Things aren't good. There's no question. So let's focus on what we can do and let's focus on winning the ultimate election, like you say. And I think that's the I think that's the best way to put it. And 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 the thing is, people go, Oh, you're so dedicated. You, you, you're so disciplined when it comes to giving. And I look at them and I go, nah, you know what? It's actually more selfish than that. It really is. That's where I derive the greatest sense of purpose. It's where I derive the greatest sense of accomplishment. And also it's the way that I feel the closest to my father, right? My, my real father. And, um, if, if, if you're one of those people that's sitting at home and pulling your hair out and fretting, yeah. I think the reasons that you're freaked out are all valid. But just don't waste your time. Get busy living yep. or get busy dying. And, and you know, living for living for Christ and doing the right things, not only is it going to help us win the ultimate election, but it's also going to help you find some sense of peace and purpose on this earth. And when you're focused on your purpose, when you're so much of these distractions, they don't they don't get you as much. Right. Um, you yeah, know, the most miserable you're, you ever are is when you're sitting at home spectating everything. Exactly. Right? When you've got no locus of control, there's. No, nothing you can infuse. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. And remember the enemy's tools uh, are tactics. Distract, distort, discourage. Discourage. And if you're, yep. if, and I'm, look, yep. I'm patient zero right here. Yeah. I woke up in the morning. I tried to do my prayers, but very quickly I was looking at the election results and very quickly I was distracted. Yep. I didn't get discouraged because I wasn't that shocked by it. Um, so the enemy didn't yep. succeed in getting me discouraged, but if we're distracted, then it can be distorted. Now our time's distorted, right? So I want to just rededicate this next year um, to spending twice as much time with God as you do with politics. And I think if we do that with God and being God or not, you know, and with God abiding and acting like, uh, but behaving in life, like people who are actually discipled, that's my goal. That's my personal goal. Always a pleasure. My brother, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Oh, no. And, and th- right. there's a lot of biblical precedent for it. I mean, are things bad here? Yeah, they were yeah. bad in Babylon. And Daniel didn't let that weigh right. him down. Right. He stuck to his purpose and stuck to his knitting. Yeah. So we can, too. Yeah. All right. And he had already been castrated uh, by the tradition is uh, he'd been castrated. Uh, that's the tradition. It doesn't quite say that, but he would have been if you understood what they did, what Nebuchadnezzar did to people. All right. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, be abiding, and just maybe join me in a prayer that God's face would shine through you and that people would see mm-hmm. God through you. And God bless you.